Hi, my name is Ruby, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife's assistant, and you're listening to the Dr. Finlayson Fife Podcast Archive. The podcast you'll be listening to today is entitled Understanding Sexual Development, originally produced and published by the Cultivate a Good Life Podcast. We're excited to share this episode with you, but before we do, we'd like to let you know about some of our upcoming events for which tickets have already been released. These events include Dallas, Texas, Calgary, Canada, and Hillsboro, Oregon. To learn more about these events and to purchase tickets, click on the links found in our show notes. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, you guys, to our bonus, because we love you so stinking much, episode with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. Now, what I have, the burning question for Dr. Fife here, because I'm a parent of four, Becky's a parent of three. Um, as we were talking about kind of we are healing ourselves and our relationships with our ownership over our desires and our wants and our needs, how in the world do we teach our children um, about sexual development in a healthy way when mm. this is an area we're really still healing in mm-hmm. kind of ourselves? What are some things we can do to make sure our children do better than we mm-hmm. have done? Mm-hmm. I love the way that you worded that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Do better, do yeah. better than we have. Yeah. There is a lot to the question, so I'm trying to think about how to... No pressure, ready, (laughs) set, go. I need to know how to raise my children. It's fine. Yeah. You've got five minutes, go. So, exactly. I mean, so I, again, I have a course on this that is a... The the framing of it is how do you help your children develop sexual integrity? And what I mean by that is how do you integrate this God-given aspect of yourself, Mm -hmm. your sexuality, okay, which is... um, an important part of being human and fundamental to being at peace with yourself is to be in a good relationship with your sexuality in a sense, like to be in a integrity based relationship. So what, what I mean by that is you need to be have sort of owned or claimed this part of yourself and then to bring your integrity to how you relate to it in yourself and to others. So the way that I set up the course is kind of thinking about what is your role as a parent at every stage if your child is one versus your child's five versus 13 or 18, okay? And so because your role changes, that's why it's such a big question. But I think that the fundamental idea that I think a lot of us have inherited and we're maybe recognizing that we've been handing it down unwittingly is the idea that sexuality is a threat to your well-being or your goodness mm-hmm. and that it's something to be at arm's length at with because it's scary. And what we do often is we, again, without knowing it, we actually reinforce or make it more powerful in the negative sense because of the way we teach our children to be afraid of it. Mm. So the more we teach ourselves to be afraid or teach our children to be afraid, the more we've tied their hands to actually be the drivers and the decision makers uh, around how they relate to this and what they create through that relationship. So when you teach the idea that, first of all, sexuality is scary and is going to drag you down, okay, well, that's already making you be ambivalent about your relationship to it. But a lot of people teach the idea that, you know, basically your sexuality is what gets the best of you. Your sexuality is the thing running the show. And so it it can teach kids to either be irresponsible because, you know, they're not really the ones deciding anyway, or it can make them 
be almost like it gives it more power than to really situate the child as a chooser and those choices are accruing to something Mm. so you want to help your children think about what is it they're trying to create or do with their sexuality and is their choice taking them closer or farther closer to that goal or farther from it can you give us an example before yeah. you go further? Sure. I just, we're so high leveled. I sure. wonder if we, um, you know, just even think of uh, a client or a student sure. or someone that you know that that can, that can has identified, okay, this is my goal and this, you know, just help us understand a little well, bit more. Well, I mean, I think what level. probably most of us want for our children and hope our children want for themselves is the ability to create a meaningful, intimate partnership, mm-hmm. okay? As human beings, we want to pair bond and we want to have our sexuality be a special expression of that, that relationship. And so you want to think about, am I, doing, am I teaching them about sexuality in a way that makes them more able to create that? So if I teach them to be terrified of this, right, right. well, that's not going to help them want to be intimate. You know, okay. it's like this idea that sex is this dirty, horrible thing. So save it for the one you love. You know, that idea is, like, <laughs> yeah. is contradictory as opposed to, as opposed to, um, you know, this is a good thing and how you make decisions around it matters because it needs to fundamentally be respectful of yourself and of others, the way you relate to this. It's a, it's a powerful part of being human. It's a powerful language. So how you relate to it matters. So for example, you're, you want to help your young pre-adolescent or young adolescent child be thinking about what is it that I hope for? What is it that I want to create through my sexuality? Probably most people are not going to say, you know, I want to be irresponsible and indulgent. They're, they're, right. <laughs> if they're being thoughtful about their lives, they're going to think, I, I want to be able to be in a meaningful relationship with someone else through my sexuality. So, well, then looking at pornography is probably not going to get you closer to that goal. You know, mm-hmm. being in a disrespectful, being ashamed and afraid of your sexuality is not going to help you be closer to that goal. Right. But to say, well, my sexuality is good. It exists because I'm a human being and I'm going to have a lot of feelings and impulses. And I want to think about how I respond to those based on the long, based on this long-term goal. goal. Okay. Because that's what helps everybody does that on some level is you're aiming towards something and it shapes the way you respond to things. So it's not in the frame of being afraid or repressing. It's not that it's more that, okay, yeah, I have that feeling, but this is what I want. And so I'm not going to act on that feeling or I'm not going to, you know, I may be attracted to that girl, but I'm not going to go and, you know, be sexual towards her because it wouldn't be respectful given my relationship with her and so on. So you're making decisions. And when it's in this, this is something I talk about a lot in the Art of Desire workshop, if it's, if it's in the frame of I should do this, I shouldn't do that, it kind of puts it a step away from you and feels like you're being acted upon rather than an actor. I think it's more important to think, no, I want this. I choose this. This is about being true to myself to make that decision. Then you might be making decisions that are hard on some level or sacrificing in a sense because you're saying, you know, I'm not going to indulge that or go that direction. But because it's accruing to you living up to your best self, it doesn't feel depriving. So, you know, the people who tend to eat really healthfully aren't going around saying to themselves, I shouldn't have cake. I can't have that. No, that's true. They don't talk to themselves that way. They're like, no, I'm a healthy person. 
I'm a healthy you know, person and I, and I, I take good care of my body yeah. and I, you know, and so you're being true to yourself. You may not choose the cake sometimes because, you know, you know, you're doing it in balance and you're being true to this other, um, aim or, or part of yourself that matters to you. So it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm depriving myself. I know I'm being true to my better self. And so that's the person that can be in moderation. And so you want to teach the same kind of moderation idea to your children around sexuality or any other pleasure. And a quick nod to Stephen R. Covey, because mm. the way he worded this principle that you're talking about is begin with the end in mind. Oh, yeah. And it's the That's conversation right. I love to have with our kids about anything. Yes. Is, is when you have a clear vision of what mm. you want, then yeah. you are, that does steer your choices because yes. you've got an agency all day long. Exactly. But you are, you're more inclined to make choices that are congruent with that end result because you've identified it. That's right. So mm -hmm. begin with the end in mind. Exactly. And that end is a, an important part of a solid self. Mm -hmm. That's your higher self, your higher desire. That's not about, oh, validation. I shouldn't, I should. How do, you know, it's not about validation sinking. It's about creating and getting closer to what your better self wants. And so it's a kind of decision-making that accrues to your strength. What would you say, um, you know, sexual development is, you know, particularly with preteens, adolescent, in, in parts of sexual development involve, um, how do I say this, uh, experimentation, and there might mm -hmm. be boundaries, I guess, that are crossed. Um, and, mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm thinking as a listener, if a parent is out there whose child has crossed some of those boundaries and a parent has reacted in fear. I think of fear reaction, particularly when, when it comes, um, to sexual relationship, um, is maybe a knee jerk reaction that I think we all wish we mm. wouldn't have, but of course we all have. And, and for someone out there who's, whose child, they may have inadvertently shamed or have been shamed from, um, religious institutions or something else in regards to their sexuality, what would you tell the parent that's kind of in the middle of that right now to course correct and, and kind of bring it back to center? So, well, I think it depends. First of all, I would be looking at what is the boundary that's been crossed and what is at stake. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is it about my child, um, betraying another person or, or being, doing something that's not, respectful or good towards another person okay because that's a different response right than if it's about my child's maybe doing something that's not good for them mm. and is counter to them living up to their better self um your child might be in some conflict about their sexuality because they it's been shamed or they've internalized shaming messages and then that's a different issue and a different response so Maybe which of those do you want me to take but, up? I, not, not involving other people. What I mean is essentially what would be under the guidelines of kind of normal sexual development mm -hmm. and also um, the second one that you said. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So I think that maybe what you're thinking about is like, you know, a lot of people believe that... Um, you know, masturbation is a sinful reality. And I think it can be, you know, you can be in a truly self-abusing relationship to oneself, or you could be um, 
so preoccupied with masturbation that you are in fact using it as a way to get away from other things. You know, if mm. your child has a lot of anxiety or social anxiety or something, and it becomes a kind of maladaptive, um, self-soothing strategy. Okay. So that's possible. Um, but not usually what's happening because usually what happens is we are so anxious about sexuality that it's pretty normal part of self and sexual development to become aware of your capacity for pleasure and arousal. And I think is actually a part of being someone who is capable on some level, that self-awareness is a part of being capable of bringing your sexuality into a partnership. When that gets overly shamed, it throws it into immoderation of either repression or indulgence. Mm. Okay, and that is not healthy because as soon as you become obsessively anxious about the presence of sexual feelings or the possibility of touching yourself, it, it becomes like a self-fulfilling madness around one's sexuality. Yeah. So we often, in our attempts to squelch it, drive our obsession with sexuality. And uh, I like even bringing it back to food. You see this mm -hmm. all the time in diet cultures. That's probably, right. Um, you know, the time you see it most when people cut out sugar entirely mm -hmm. and then all you can think about is eating sugar and then that's you right. find yourself shoving gummy worms in your face. <laughs> I mean, it's never happened to me, no. but I've heard <laughs> that's what happens. Speaking <laughs> from a friend's experience. You know, it goes back to yeah. when, when you take that off. The, it, and it you're not it. even having pleasure with the gummy worms. Exactly. Because it's more like, I don't want to be controlled and I don't yes. want to not be able to have this. And so, and a lot of people do this around mm. pornography or masturbation that it actually it's not even about something that's nurturing them. They're in an extreme either repression or indulgence. Mm. And that's terrible for our spiritual and relational development. Well, I want to, you know, I'm thinking about the way you asked that question, Becky, because I think that that's, um, so I'm going to kind of tie, tie sure. kind of something yeah. back in. Because you're, what you're doing is you're kind of representing anyone who's thinking, oh, crap, I messed up. I did shame yeah. my child. I didn't mm. mean to, or mm. my child has been shamed or I was shamed or yes. whatever. Yeah. How do we, and you said course correct. So mm -hmm. what, what's the best way to course correct when you have been either shamed or, how or should you the shame handle that? Like, yeah, what you is the right way to handle it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my household, sexuality is so normalized. In fact, if anything, it's like connected to being a parent. And so my kids' way of being cool <laughs> is to sort of step away from sexuality yeah. because it's like it, it's an easy conversation in yeah. our household, right? But, you know, I have the evidence that I have three children who are very much not obsessed with sex. Mm. Like they just are comfortable with the topic. They can talk about it. They can ask me things about it. And they sometimes are struck by how obsessed their friends seem with the topic. That's a good point. And mm. so the obsession gets driven by the forbidden Mm -hmm. anything totally. we want to get obsessed with we should forbid it yeah. <laughs> right. and right. so normalizing it and just making a part of normal part of being human and what you point towards and what you're creating matters allows it to be integrated in a comfortable way so now i'm going to represent somebody who's going well great good for you dr finland mm -hmm. advice is uh, an expert and of course mm -hmm. it's normalized this conversation in her home mm -hmm. because this is what she lives and breathes yeah. and so right. how how does, you know, Jane Doe take this yes. principle and go, 
okay, I'm going to be more open with this dialogue with my yeah. kids. Like what, what's that first That's helpful. step? It's helpful to even do that. Just the more you start to be more comfortable mm-hmm. and you trust it as a good thing too, you're more already immediately in a position to, to help give your children a different framing. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to sit around talking about it all the time. They can feel it. They can feel if mom gets super anxious when the advertisement comes on and someone's in a bikini or if, or if mom relates to it more like this is, you know, this is a normal part of life, the body and sexuality and, and you know, how you relate to this matters and being respectful of yourself and others matters. You can mm-hmm. feel if someone's living in that frame or not. So interestingly, last night I was tucking my son in bed. He's in fifth grade and they are about to have the talk, Mm. right, in school and present that information to the kids. And of course, we always try to beat the school, right? Right. That that teaching should happen first at home, Mm. in our opinion. You know, Mm -hmm. we try to do Mm -hmm. that. But he was asking a couple of casual questions and I was like, well, would you like me to explain that? And he's like... Mm-hmm. No. And, mm-hmm. and the reason I'm bringing this up is because my response was, well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm happy to explain it or, yep. you know, if you want some more time, totally fine. Yep. I, that's I important. felt so like my head hitting the pillow last night was so peaceful because I yes. felt like I was not uncomfortable. Exactly. And that was like the key for me, whether we talked about it or we didn't. Exactly. Or I answered the question or he asked the question or he didn't. My behavior and my right. like attitude about it was like, yeah, buddy. Yeah. If you want to talk about that's that. That's right. Great. That's it. That's really a good point because that's really the issue. The message was already delivered, which is mom can handle this. Yes. Mom's not afraid of sexuality. Mm-hmm. She also is not going to force me to have a conversation I don't want to have, but exactly. I know she can handle it if I do want to have it. That's extremely important because sexuality doesn't terrify mom. And so even if a child doesn't come to you with all their questions and so on, which they often won't because parents, sexuality and kids don't mix for a reason. Okay. So kids are often reluctant to really talk about these things with it's sort of wired in to not do it okay because there's a natural disgust response that's sort of protective Mm -hmm. of kids right but they are mapping you and they're mapping how do you feel about sexuality and how Mm. do you feel about my sexuality mom or dad and you know they can track those messages and if mom and dad are comfortable with their sexuality and they're comfortable with the fact that you are going to grow into a sexual you know Mm -hmm. into a more fully self-expressing sexual being, they can track that by the way you handle yourself, by the way you respond. So I would say it's not so much about getting the message just right, although, you know, there's that matters. There's value in getting the messages right. But more important is I need to work on my sense of sexuality, being at peace with it within myself in my life, and being at peace with its existence in my children and not being so afraid of it or afraid it's going to ultimately corrupt them, that will help them more than anything to be not afraid of it and to work out their integrity relative to it. Well, and another piece of that, I want to share this in full disclosure. I think this is another um, parental like mindset and it's totally worth addressing this is I had this moment in my own head of when he was asking a question that I had two choices in my response to that question. And, and choice one was, you know what? Let's, let's sit down, you, me, and dad, and let's talk about this. And my other choice was, 
that is way too formal. Like just be casual. Yes. With her. And I went yeah. with B. I yeah, went with good. the second option because, and I am not saying that there's a right and a wrong. I actually mm-hmm. think that there might be some things that's like, you know mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Let's, let's maybe the three of us sit down and, mm-hmm. and talk through this or you and I, let me take you to lunch and let's, yep. go, let's dive in deeper. But in that moment, it felt so much better to just take a more casual nature to it. A yep. more, not casual isn't the right word, but more comfortable, yep. more natural of just um, not trying to formalize it so much. And I bring that up because I think that's something a lot of parents relate to is that struggle of it's a, a healthy sexual relationship with your um, knowledge and yourself and identifying with that yep. and plus your future relationships and ultimately marriage or whatever. It's like such a big deal that a lot of us feel that anxiety of yeah. doing it right. That, yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. want to like connect with my, with our listeners yeah, about sure. that. Like we feel you. I oh, yeah. we know that oh, you totally. want to just do the right thing. Sure. And there's a lot of opportunities to, to impact and shape that. So well, I think there can be value to a talk, you know, we talk about the talk, but it's not the talk. It's a series of right. conversations and totally depending on where the child is. And again, this issue of them mapping where you are is, is important part of it as well. But, you know, I've had people that have gone through some of this and really thought through it. And then they've gone to their teenage or adult children and said, you know, I got a lot of things wrong. And I want to tell you, you know, I, I think this was the wrong message. And I want you to see that I think I made a mistake because it helps the child, whether an adult or an adolescent or how, to basically be able to rethink it, to sort of let go of mm-hmm. something that's maybe been hindering them. And it frees the child up to reassess and to look at how they've put this together if there's a way they put it together that's undermined them. I love that I because love it that. totally answers and addresses what you were asking earlier. I was just earlier. thinking the same that's thing. That's exactly what it is. And mm-hmm. I don't think that we do that enough as adults and as parents. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. acknowledge when we're like, oh, you know what? Can I backtrack? Yeah. I didn't handle that the way that I would have liked to. Yeah. Well, I now I know better, that. so I want to do better. Yeah, Right? Absolutely. And it's more about having those open dialogues and like you said correcting yourself or or sharing information as you receive it and Mm -hmm. kind of growing in this process together taking the fear out of it and opening up those lines of communication I think exactly is there anything else that you would want to share before we close out this what do parents need to know (laughs) all of it (laughs) by the course is really the number one and that is part of what we like you to share before we close out is is where people can find your everything To learn more about Dr. Finlayson Fife and the work that she does, visit our website at www.finlayson-fife.com or follow us on Instagram. You can find all the links to our social media pages, our new Facebook group, our events page, and our website in the show notes below. Thank you for listening.